If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22. We have been on this journey through the book of Revelation. I counted it up. It has taken us 33 Sunday mornings to go through the book of Revelation. And clearly we barely scratched the surface, but I do believe the Lord has blessed us in a mighty way of reading His Word. So I pray that as we have studied His Word, even if it's just today that you are hearing Revelation preached, I pray that the times that we have spent in Revelation have been a blessing to you as Scripture has told us it should be a blessing to us. But with one final teaching, Jesus is telling John one last instructions for us. Something for us to grab hold of and move forward with as the body. So if you had one last thing to say, one last encouragement, one last instruction, one last warning, what would that be? What would that be for you? For Jesus, he simply brings it back to the word. He brings it back to the word of God. No more judgments. We've seen plenty of those. No more battles and wars. We've seen plenty of them. No more great signs from above. Jesus simply shows us that it is the word of God that ties it all together. So let's go ahead and read Revelation 22, starting in verse 6 and reading to the end. And he said to me, these words are trustworthy and true, and the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. Blesses he, sorry, blesses the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book, worship God. And he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the evildoers still do evil, let the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. Behold, I am coming soon, bring, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right, uh, may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside of the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, and I and let the one who hears say, come, and let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who desires take my, uh, the water of life without price. Verse 18, I warn everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this book, and if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life in the holy city, which are described in this book. He who testifies to the things says, says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. There's a lot in here about the word of God. And the first thing we see today is that the word of God is trustworthy and true. The word of God is trustworthy and true. Look at back at verse 6 with me. 
And he said to me, talking about Jesus, these words are trustworthy and true. This is the first thing we see in this. In the last thing Jesus is going to tell John, he says that the words that had just been spoken throughout this revelation are trustworthy and true. Now we recognize that John was inspired by the Holy Spirit and wrote down the words of revelation. He experienced in the Spirit these great visions from Jesus. And see, John heard the voice of Jesus speaking to him. And John would know the voice of Jesus because John had spent significant time with Jesus on the earth. So John is not confused. He doesn't, he's not oblivious to the voice. He knows the voice because Jesus already said, my sheep hear my voice. No, it's me. John heard the voice of Jesus and knew it was Jesus revealing all of these things to him. This is why we can say that this is true and trustworthy. John has written these things down because Jesus told him to do so. In Revelation chapter 1, 9 through 11, he writes, I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, while on, well, sorry, was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice saying, uh, sorry, like a trumpet saying, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches. Not only did John write these to the seven churches, but God in His infinite wisdom knew that these words would be read here at Madden Baptist Church. He knew that these words would be read by Christians all across the entire world, clinging to the day of Christ's return. But knowing that the word is true, that the word is trustworthy, what are some things we can take away from that uh, fact today? First off, because the word is true, we must keep the word within us. Verse 7 and behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Blessed is the one who keeps this word. What we have read, what we have talked about, what we have studied should stick to us and be kept within us. This is why it's so important we have Bible drills. To teach our children and our youth how to memorize scripture so that they will hide God's word in their hearts. Psalm 119, verse 11. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. One of the reasons to keep God's word in your heart is so that you have a fighting chance against sin. This is an opportunity you have to fight against sin. Without the word, you don't have a shot. And the only way to understand the word is through a saving faith in Jesus. God has a standard that He clearly expresses through His Word. Storing it up, keeping it, will allow us the opportunity through the power of Jesus to not sin. But not only that, the Word of God is what guides our steps. Psalm 119.105 Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Look, the reason the world is so confused right now, and we see plenty of evidence of the world in Revelation... The reason the world is so confused right now is because they're not using the lamp to light their path. They're taking every step to try to find it on their own. They're trying to figure it out on their own. And the Word says you have to have the Word if you're going to know what step to take next. If you want to know what is right, if you want to know what is good, what is righteous, you have to have the Word, the true and trustworthy Word within you. Because God's Word is true, it should lead you to worship him eight through nine 
Verse 8 through 9, I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you, your brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. John is remembering what he wrote down in in Revelation 19. John saw the marriage supper, the thing that he has been looking forward to, the thing that we look forward to as believers, the day when we join with Christ in all of eternity. John saw that with his very eyes, and it led him to worship. But the problem was he fell at the feet of an angel. And the angel is not an object of worship. God is. And even the angel said, Don't worship, to, don't worship me. I am a fellow servant. But when we see God's Word play out, when we read God's Word, when we hear God's Word preached, it should drive us always to worship Him. When you hear of God's faithfulness, when you hear of God's goodness, when you hear what God has done for you through salvation, that should lead you to worship Him through song, through your prayers, and through your actions. Because God's Word is true, it should motivate us to proclaim the Gospel 10 through 11. And he said to me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the evildoers still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy, the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. Verse 10 tells uh, Jesus, telling John, Do not seal up the words of this prophecy. Don't take what I just told you, John, and hold it for yourself. Why? Verse 10 tells us, The time is near. We have entered a moment when we know that Christ can come at any moment. We don't know the day nor the hour, but we know He is going to return. He is coming soon. And it is our responsibility when we are given information from God's Word, when we read and we hear God's Word, it is our responsibility to now go out into the world and preach it. Not to store it up within us. Yes, God's Word is a blessing to you. And I hope you get a blessing out of each time we come together to read God's Word. But if all you do is store it up in your heart and you do nothing outside of that world, what good is it for the kingdom of God? We are called to go out into this world and proclaim the gospel. The time is now because one day the time will no longer be. Right now is the time to proclaim the gospel. The time that Jesus comes for the marriage supper, it's too late. There's no more time for change. Only now do we have an opportunity to share the gospel and the lost be saved. Because God's word is true, it should persuade you to do what is right. 12 through 15, behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one what he has done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside of the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, murderers, idolaters, everyone who loves and practices falsehood. We must do what is right, and what is right is found in the will of God. How do you know the will of God? You read God's word, because it is true and trustworthy. And those who do what is right will receive Jesus' recompense, meaning his reward. And Jesus has all authority to do this, because he is the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And those who have been saved, those who have had their robes washed, are blessed, and the blessing is found in doing what is right. But let me tell you, your works do not save you. You may think you're a good person. 
You may think you do good deeds, and that's great, but that doesn't save you. All works are is a reflection of salvation. Your works should match your salvation. If you say you're a Christian, your works have to match. Because none of us do good without Christ. And it is Christ who makes us good. It is Christ who gives us salvation. But there are those who don't do right. And it says they are outside. Outside what? Outside the city. The new Jerusalem. These are the ones who practice things for themselves. They chase everything of the world and it's never any good. Their fate is the same as Satan, the demons. They all will face the lake of fire. Only Jesus can save us and put us on a path that is right. Which leads us to this point. Because God's word is true, it will invite you to salvation. God's word is going to invite you to be saved. Look at verse 16 and 17. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come and let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. Jesus is inviting you today. Maybe today you say, you know what, Pastor? I've never put my faith in Jesus. I've never made that decision to trust in Jesus, to trust in His Word, and to follow after Him. Well, there's hope for you today. And the request is this, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. The Word of God is proclaiming to you that there is nothing else that can give you what Jesus can. There are so many people that desire ultimate satisfaction. It's something all our bodies crave. All of our minds crave, our hearts crave. But the problem is, is many times we don't chase the one thing that will give us the ultimate satisfaction. We chase everything else in the world. This is what Babylon did. We saw Babylon. And and the Bible called her the great prostitute. Now Babylon was a great city filled with all kinds of nations coming together to be one a unified government to pursue what they believed what was right under the seduction of Babylon. She fed them. She gave them food. She gave them money. She fed their lust. She did all of these good things. But one day Satan said, I don't need you anymore. Killed her. And all those who had followed after Babylon, those who chased everything the world has to offer, we're left weeping with no hope. Read Revelation 18. They're weeping. They're hopeless. I'm here to tell you, you're not going to find hope at the end of a bottle. You're not going to find hope at the end of a high. You're not going to find hope at the end of lust. You're not going to find hope in your possessions in your marriage, in your house, in your kids. No, hope is only found in Jesus Christ. That is the only place that you will find hope. So I am telling you what the Word of God has been screaming to all of us. Turn to Jesus, rest in Jesus, find salvation in Jesus, and expect Jesus to return. Because that's what the Word of God is teaching us. 
Because God's word is trustworthy and true, we must recognize its perfection. God's word is not only trustworthy and true, it is perfect. 18 through 19. I warn everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and the holy city, which are described in this book. This is a warning today. This is a warning that anyone who adds or takes away from this book will not find salvation. In our world, we have a lot of people who like to nitpick of what they believe or not believe about the Bible. You know, I like this part. I like this part. I like this little phrase, like judge not. Like They like that word judge not, that phrase. Read the rest of the paragraph. You'll know it's more to it than judge not. But this is what we do. We nitpick. Well, did God really mean this? Didn't he mean something else? Wasn't God really not talking about that in particular? God's really going to be okay with my life choices because He wants me to be happy, right? If God wants me to be happy, then He's going to be happy with what I do. You know what? That was for 90 AD. That was for the BC era. This is 2023. It's no longer relevant, Pastor. No, no, no. Hear me clear, and I want you to hear this warning. You pick and choose what part of God's Word is relevant today. You better go ahead and pick your spot in hell. Think about that. If you pick and choose what you think is relevant, what you think is more important, what you decide should be in there and what shouldn't be talked about, if you think you can nitpick and pick only parts that you want, you better go ahead and pick your spot in hell because what it says in verse 19, if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life in the holy city. Better be prepared to face the consequences of that. The whole word of God from Genesis to Revelation is relevant. It all intertwines itself to give us a complete revelation of God and his will for our lives. Again, God has created a standard for our lives, church. And the standard is clear. He gives you expectations for your marriage, for your friendships, for ministry, for leadership, for salvation, for raising your family, how you treat your body, your value, and your worth. All of it is found in the Word of God. And we have no authority to add or subtract from the Word. You don't get to say God is okay with these choices. Judge not, right? Listen, God's word is without error. There are no mistakes in God's word. There are no contradictions. And if you think you see something wrong, then you must check where your heart is. God is clear, and he does not need our sinful, arrogant pride to fix what he has already made perfect. He doesn't need our help to make what is already perfect. The last thing I'll say today, God's word is perfect. It's true. It's trustworthy. We should keep it within our hearts. We should go out proclaiming the gospel. We should allow it to do what is right. But here's the thing today that you need to hear is that God's word will give you hope and grace. God's word is giving you hope and grace. Look at verses 20 through 21. He who testifies to these things, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come Lord Jesus, the grace of the Lord be with all. Amen. There is hope 
Because God's word reveals hope through Jesus. For the believer, there is hope that one day Jesus will return and he will wipe away all the pain, all the sorrow, all the tears will be gone. There is hope for the believer today. But if you're not a believer in this room, I want to tell you there's hope for you today as well. If you're not a believer in Jesus, there is hope for you today. God's word shows us that the lost can be saved it shows us that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you, you, God's word is telling you, if you will believe, if you will believe in the resurrection, if you will confess Jesus as Lord, He will give you eternal life. You will be saved. He will take you off the path to hell and give you a new life that leads to righteousness. But pastor, you don't know the sins I've committed lately. Pastor, you don't know what I've been through lately. Pastor, you don't have a clue the decisions I've made. There's no way God is forgiving me right now. I want to show you a verse I've showed you all many times. Romans chapter 5, verse 20. Where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. You know what the Word of God says? There's not a sin you can commit that grace cannot overcome. You may have done the worst thing in the world according to our national laws. You could have cheated. You could have stole. You could have whatever. You name it. Sin. While it may increase, grace abounds all the more. Grace is all you need, church. Grace is the reason we're in this room. Grace is the reason I can stand up here in this pulpit because Lord knows I ain't got no authority to stand behind this pulpit on my own. Grace is the reason I'm saved. Not because I did anything right. Not because I grew up in the right house. But because of grace, I am saved. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of your own doing. It's of the Lord Jesus Christ. The word of God is true and trustworthy and perfect, church. And if you're lost, that word is telling you to be saved. If you are saved, the Bible's telling you have hope. Jesus is coming. If you'd like to respond today, I'm going to give you an opportunity. I want to pray. We're going to have a time of invitation. You can come forward. I'll be right here. You can say, Pastor, I want to be saved. I know I'm not saved, but I recognize what Jesus has done for me, and I want it. Maybe today you're a believer, and you just need to come find hope today. Maybe right now times are tough. Maybe you just need to find hope. You can come to this altar if you will. But do what the Lord is calling you to do. Let's pray. Father God, we praise you for your word. God, we praise you that your word is trustworthy and true. It is perfect, God. It is no need for our input, God, but you give it to us so that we may read it and understand it and teach it and proclaim the gospel because of it. But God, right now, I pray that in our hearts that we are examining who we are. God, if there's anyone in here who does not know you as Savior and Lord, I pray today, God, that they would make that step of faith, that they would step out and trust in you. God, I pray for the believer in here who has no hope right now, that they believe that the, the times are so hard, they don't know where the next step's going to go. They don't know when the next thing's going to happen, that where's the next breakthrough. But God, I pray today that they can come to this altar and find hope in you, God, because you are the God of hope. 
And God, we have hope today to look forward to the day. So Lord, I proclaim what John has already said. Come, Lord Jesus. Fill our hearts. Give us grace. Help us to see that no sin can overcome the grace. God, we thank you for it. Move us where we need to move. In Jesus' name, amen.